You've got a friend in me. Welcome to episode two of Pictures and Dialogues. I understand it's been a while since I've last recorded. So many things have come up in the past couple months, and unfortunately I have not had time to uh, to record anything. So here I am again, returning with episode two. I promise to make now weekly episodes. Um, so every Sunday I'm going to be releasing the... Uh, a new episode of Pictures and Dialogues, and I think I'm going to do one episode every Sunday until the last week of August, and I'll consider that my first season of Pictures and Dialogues. So I hope you enjoyed the first episode. It was um, lengthy. That was some of the um, regular feedback and constant feedback that I was receiving. Uh, The length of the episode was probably a bit too long, but I promise that it won't be that long for uh, the subsequent episodes. So please continue to um, listen, and I will continue to provide better quality podcast episodes and as a few months to think about format. And I think I'm just going to continue as it is, so unedited And, of course, just talking uh, at length. But I will promise to not speak for one hour. So I've seen quite a few films ever since I recorded the last podcast. But I've also been committing to watching series of films, even if I've already seen them before. So, for example, I watched John Wick 1, 2, and 3. And I recently saw... Toy Story 4, and of course I've seen Toy Story 1, 2, and 3, and just for fun, I decided to watch Jurassic Park 1, 2, and 3, not to be confused with Jurassic World. So Jurassic Park, uh, the first one, of course, the classic that had come out in the mid-90s, and it was directed by Steven Spielberg. That is an incredible film. And the second one is um, not as good, but it is still quite entertaining. And it gets a little ridiculous towards the end of of the second half of of the film. And then there's the third one, Jurassic Park 3, which is just pretty much um, close to awful. It does not flow well at all. Uh, I remember watching that as a kid, and I loved it, of course, because of some of the, um, the dinosaurs in there are absolutely phenomenal. But overall, the narrative is very weak. The direction is very weak. And the performances are just as weak as well. Be a bit of a surprise. Um, it was sort of the return of Keanu Reeves uh, into the action genre. And it was extremely unexpected. And the final result was an awesome sort of, I would say, B-movie um, update of the action genre and this one was uh, in fact all three films were directed by Chad Stileski and uh, if I understand correctly I think Chad Stileski was Keanu Reeves stunt double in the Matrix films so of course this idea has been brewing since the time of the Matrix trilogy so it's kind of nice to see now the stunt coordinator and uh, the stunt double Uh, for Keanu Reeves to be uh, directing uh, Keanu Reeves as John Wick. So in the first film of John Wick, um, of course, there's the narrative of 
the return of the assassin who has tucked away his life and he's moved on but unfortunately due to a an event that happens in his life he's sort of compelled to return to his life that he had given up and i think what sort of sets the film apart from the normal type of action film and normal um sort of classic narrative of an assassin returning from the dead is that the film sort of um, circles the uh, the key plot point, which is the dog. I don't even think the dog has a name, but essentially this dog drives John Wick to uh, return to his, um, his role of being the assassin and a, quite a lethal assassin. Uh, he's sort of unstoppable and unbeatable, and he sort of has this ghost-like spirit because every time his name is mentioned, um, a character on the screen will sort of turn around and say, wow, you have just mentioned John Wick. And it sort of brings uh, you know, the entire film to a pause, and they look at each other like, this guy is going to mess them up. So essentially, with John Wick 1, it is a retribution uh, film, and it centers around John Wick trying to get back at the Russian mobsters who ended up killing his dog. Now, what follows afterwards is pretty much some of the most impressive action sequences, and I'm talking practical action sequences that you will see in uh, an action film within the past, you know, I would say five years, with the exception, of course, of like Mission Impossible. Um, with John Wick, though, it, it's a one-man show. Uh, it's, it's choreographed brilliantly, um, of course, of note. The club sequence in the first John Wick film is fantastic, and I don't know how many times I've seen that over and over, but it is something that deserves um, repeated views of just how well it has been choreographed. It is a little violent, but it's not gory, and there's a difference between the two of those. So towards uh, the end of the film, uh, ultimately he gets uh, his revenge, but what happens... Uh, after that is that it exposes um, him to a um, to his fellow former colleagues that are part of this massive entire underground network of assassins and it's sort of a global network of assassins and this is now what gives birth to John Wick 2. In John Wick 2 we find John now on the run from these former colleagues, I would say, that want to take him out. And the reason for taking him out is because he has sort of become a rogue agent and his common, um, excuse me, his his main, I would say, enemy in the film is, um, for those of you who know, the rapper uh, Common. And some of the actual... Um, stunt choreography and fight sequences between those two is also very well done. I think what inspired part of the club sequence in the second film is, of course, some of the amazing feedback and reception they must have received after the first film. So they they try to sort of mimic that again in the second film. It's not as 
natural and it doesn't feel as organic. In fact, it just feels as though they were trying to um, mimic each scene and copy it scene by scene. Although the soundtrack, um, definitely not going to pronounce his name right, but it's by La Castlevania. And he's a Euro house music producer slash DJ that ends up um, providing some of the amazing background score. And that's what made the first John Wick so unique, especially in some of the action sequences, is that the, the, the action sequences are done with a soundtrack that is so strong. And I'm talking it has this electro house, um, you know, also dubstep feel to it. And it just is so badass and unique and I have not seen that in very uh, many other films so essentially at the end of John Wick what we find now is um, John is on the run now from this global uh, network of assassins that he now has a I think close to 13 uh, I could be I could be wrong about this close to a 13 million dollar hit on his head and that then gives birth to the third film, which what I would say is a direct continuation. And in fact, the filmmaker has even stated that the third film happens immediately uh, after the final few events of John Wick 2. Now, John Wick 3 was quite impressive. They really um, spent a lot more time in pacing out the film much better. John looks more damaged. He looks more... Um, fragile and vulnerable whereas in the second one he came across as uh, invincible which was not quite believable and didn't help connect the audience with his character whereas in the third one now for example even just the opening sequence uh, when he has to essentially kill someone in a library uh, with a library book he does it quite effectively and it really had its impact on the audience because everyone in the theater was sort of, you know, had that oh snap moment. And what happened after that is another um, knife sequence, which is very, very well done. And it is extremely intense and it's gripping. It's probably uh, the most memorable scene, in my opinion, in that film. And um, another action sequence that happens afterwards in John Wick 3 is uh, one... I believe this is in Morocco, and it has a cameo appearance of Halle Berry, which I really don't understand, to be honest with you, why they had brought Halle Berry into this. It is nice because it we haven't seen her on film uh, on the big screen in a while, and I know maybe perhaps there was some sort of um, some sort of interest in having. Keanu Reeves' work with Halle Berry, and this just seemed to be the most um, opportune time for her to be featured uh, in an action film. Don't get me wrong, she's good, she's fine, I just don't really think it adds anything to the plot, with the exception of they had some history before, and that was pretty much it from what I recall. So, um... The John Wick 3 Parabellum, it is great. It has fantastic action sequences in New York uh, City and also in Morocco. And, of course, I think one of the best parts about John Wick uh, 2 and 3 is that they brought back Lawrence Fishburne. And that's, for those of you who are Matrix fans, I mean, what else could you possibly ask for 
other than having Lawrence Fishburne and Keanu Reeves together in a movie because in the Matrix trilogy, of course you know Lawrence Fishburne plays Morpheus, who is Neo's, Keanu Reeves' character, his mentor. And so seeing that together was very nice, and I have a feeling that the director had also spoken perhaps with Keanu and thought about bringing in um, Lawrence Fishburne just to sort of bring back that feel of the action movies of the late 90s and early 2000s. So I think that's where John Wick um, is such a unique film and such a unique action film because it does have these elements of different um, um, older action movies, like I said, in the late 90s and early 2000s, that it's brought back now into 20. Uh, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18, uh, just because the three films got released over the past, um, you know, three, four years, it's, it's, it's also a refreshing film because it is now made in 2019, and the second one when that came out, and also the first one when that had come out. So it, it has those unique features that, in my opinion, makes it a very strong action film and also a strong series. Um, I think what they have done with the, the film series is also quite brilliant and of course Keanu Reeves is John Wick I cannot picture anyone other than Keanu Reeves playing John Wick he is in my opinion John Wick the one thing that really got irritating in the third film was the amount of times that they were actually repeating his name John Wick John Wick John Wick um, I sort of left the theater wondering um, if they had used it enough times. Um, one other thing of note in the third film is the final uh, sequence. Uh, this was much better done. Um, this was far better done, actually, compared to the second film. There was also an action sequence that it was done in the dark. It was not quite clear. The lighting was slightly, um, I would say... Uh, stale. There was no real indication to the audience as to what John Wick was pointing at, shooting at. There was no tension. He was just shooting for the sake of shooting. So I found that to be um, slightly um, less interesting compared to the first one, where it was sort of completely John Wick um, in this sort of carnage mode, and we have no idea what he's going to be doing next. So in the third film, essentially what happens... Um, for those of you who are fans of now, I'm going to bring in another film reference here, the Raid series. Um, in the second Raid film, uh, you're going to have to forgive me because I don't know this actor's name, but he fights the main character of the Raid in a almost, f I would say, 15-minute action sequence, and it's phenomenal. So he is a martial artist. He's also an actor. He's from um, Indonesia, and I'm sure he's, you know, acted in many other films in Indonesian cinema but uh, the brilliant filmmaker brought him over to do a fight sequence with Keanu Reeves and it's just great it was really well done the lighting is brilliant because it's in this bright white um, you know uh, 360 glass covered building so you can see everything it's very well done and it's very impressive so I, I was overall quite happy with, you know, how John Wick 3 had ended. In fact, it was, it picked up some of its energy that it lost uh, from the second film. So I would definitely recommend it. And I also suspect, for those of you who have, who have seen it, that there will be a John Wick 
for that we will be looking forward to in the next, I would say, two or three years. So we're at 16 minutes now, and I promised that I would be far more brief than my last episode. And so I'm going to be ending it here. This is the second episode. I'm going to be releasing a third episode next Sunday, and I'm also going to be reviewing another film series. Thank you for listening, and have a wonderful week. Again, this is Pictures and Dialogues with the Jeshwar Sharma.